Okay, so tonight, Be'ezra Hashem, we're going to be continuing our series of Shirim on the Ten Siros. But tonight is not going to be the continuation of the Shir on Chesed, like we had discussed. But rather, tonight we're going to take a momentary break to discuss a pseudo sira a sira that is not quite a sira on its own, yet without which the entire system of the Esther Sviros would be quite meaningless, so to speak. So tonight we're going to be speaking about something referred to as Das. Now Das, or knowledge, is almost going to be the linchpin of the entire system, in the sense that, echoing the statement of Chazal, quoting the Tanoim in Yerushalayim, in the Yerushalmi, Ma'arava, that dakani machaser, dalokani makani. That if a person has acquired das, if a person has access to this concept of das, then what are they lacking? Almost as if to say that das is the key to everything. That once a person has das, once a person has a relationship with the concept of das, nothing is missing. But if a person has not acquired das, if a person has yet been incapable of penetrating into the space within themselves known as Das, then everything that they've discussed until then and everything that they thought to have until that point is almost as if they don't truly have it. That Dakani Machaser, that if you acquire Das, what are you missing? Dalokani Makani, but if you have yet to acquire Das, then a person has acquired nothing. So thinking about this idea, it dawned on me that it's nearly impossible to discuss the transition from Keser, Chachma, and Bina, from the three transcendental spheros that remain in their purified form prior to their descent into the realm of physicality and distortion, and the seven spheros, starting from Chesed going all the way down to Malchus, which are representative of this worldliness, of the seven building blocks of this world, of the seven days of the week, of the seven strengths of the soul and the potencies of the self which are susceptible to failure, which are susceptible to darkness, and which are already within the realm where things can go in the opposite direction of their initial ideal intention. The only possible way of connecting between these two realms of conversation, these two qualities of the sphero, so to say, a person must begin to understand the concept of das. Now, the reason that we were not going to give a shear on das, on knowledge, is because in the Mishnah in Sefer Yetzirah, in the book of creation attributed to Avram Avinu, to the Chachma of Avram Avinu, his capacity to penetrate into the wisdom of this world, whoever did write it was drawing out of the wisdom of Avram Avinu. And the Mishnah in Sefer Yetzirah says as follows. The Mishnah says, Esos Belima, the ten spheros, something we discussed already in the first year on the spheros, the ten spheros without substance, because again, like we said, the spheros are both on the one hand, the vehicle through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through which God discloses himself within creation, and on the other hand, they are nothing but the expression of godliness, so that the spheros are something and nothing at once. So they're eser spheros, they're ten qualities that can be counted, yet they're belima, without any identifiable essence, which speaks to the fact that in spite of the fact that they exist as separate and apart from the infinite, they're still part and parcel of the disclosure of the infinite so that they don't take on any individualized existence devoid of infinity, God forbid. Esther Spheros Belima. 
Their end is embedded in their beginning, and their beginning is embedded in the end. And then the Mishnah goes on, Sefer goes on to say that that there are 10 and not 9, and there are 10 and not 11, implying that the precise counting, precise arrangement of the spheros, of these 10 kochos, of these 10 strengths through which God discloses himself in creation, and through which we disclose ourselves within our personal lives, must be precise to the extent that to take one away from the count, to count 9 instead of 10, to count from Kesser all the way down to Yesod without counting Malchus is going to be a fundamental error. And also counting an extra one, counting 11 instead of 10, is also going to be a failure. So that when we look at the spheros, it's very important that we hold on to the precise belief that they're 10. And the way that we get to the 10 spheros, like we've been speaking about from the beginning of this year, is Kesser, the unfathomable will, that space where pleasure and desire, where yearning and having, where lack and fullness dance together to create the phenomenon of this sha'ashua, this internalized pleasure of having and not having at once, something that is beyond the realm of human experience. It represents the makif of kether. That gives birth to chachma, that gives birth to the yesh me'ayin, that initial burst of wisdom that contains the potency of the all within its tiny, irreducible point, that kulam b'chachma asisa, that awareness of seeing everything in its totality, which then gets broken up into the particularized forms of bina, the nunshari bina, which take that general quality of the vision of chachma and break it up into bite-sized parts which can then be understood, also giving birth to severity. And after bina, we're going to have chesed, gvura, tiferes, netzachod, yusod, and malchus, the seven lower spheros, which are going to comprise the Shevi Mehabinyan, the seven days of creation, which give us the sum total of ten. So when a person starts counting the spheros from Kesser, from the unfathomable will, from the ayin itself, from that root of nothingness, so we have ten by counting from Kesser down to Malchus. But the question is, what happens when we don't have access to Kesser? Because Kesser, as we spoke about in the third year of this series, is still representative of the hybridity between the finite and the infinite. And due to the fact that Kesser is such a lofty space, to the point that certain Mikubalim, like we discussed, the Shari Ora and his Chevra, saw Kesser as the expression of the infinite itself, this all points to the fact that Kesser is not necessarily going to be something that everybody feels is accessible within the individual. That Kesser is almost something that is so far removed from our conscious capacity to live according to its trait, this paradoxical space of having and not having, of desire and pleasure at once, that due to its paradoxical and transcendent nature, there were certain Mikubalim, rightfully so, who didn't want to count it in the order of the Ten Spheros. Because the Ten Spheros must be relatable to us. The Ten Spheros must be something that we have a relationship with. When it comes to Kesser, due to its transcendent nature, almost a double transcendence. It's transcendent from even that which we refer to as transcendent, meaning that Chachma and Bina are transcendent, yet they're graspable because they're mitlabesh, they're engarbed within our mind, to the point that they act out in particular forms of thinking, that point that contains the all of Chachma and the myriad parts that descend out of that point in the expansivity of the idea as associated with Bina. 
So there were certain Mekubalim who wanted to say that Kesser cannot be counted. And when Kesser is not counted, what we find is that the origin of the Sphero starts with Chachma. That instead of seeing the origin of our experience as being rooted in the unfathomable will and desire of Kesser, we now begin to see the source of experience in something a little bit more graspable, which is going to be Chachma. And this is expressed in numerous Makoros where Chachma begins to be the beginning of the Eser Sviros without counting Kesser. That Bereshis Bara Eloikim, the Targum translates Bereshis as Bechuchma in wisdom, that Bechachma Poiseach Sha'arim, that with wisdom I shall open up gates, implying the fact that on a certain level Chachma is going to the beginning, is going to be the first graspable experience that we have as human beings and so to the first graspable expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we have access to. Now the question is, if we start from Chachma, then we're left with Chachma, Bina, Chesed, Gur, Teferes, Netzach, Hoid, Yesoid, Malchus. That only leaves us with nine Sviros. And like we saw in the Sefer Yitzira, it's fundamentally important that we count ten Sviros. So what the Mekubalim describe, based on the Zohar HaKadosh and the Ramak, has an expressive, lengthy, application to this concept, and the Shari Oira, Rav Yosef Gitalia, in the fifth parak of the Sefer Shari Oira, and then fully and fundamentally expressed in Eitz Chaim HaKadosh, in the Tree of Life by Rav Chaim Vital, the 50 Sha'arim, in the 23rd gate, in the 23rd Sha'ar of Eitz Chaim, Rav Chaim Vital expresses this in the name of his Rebbe, the Arizal, at length, which is where we really get this expressive idea from, is that when a person is not counting Kesser, a person must add Das to the order of the Sviros. That instead of starting from Kesser, we start from Chachma, which leaves us with nine Sviros, lacking ten. And in order to fill, in order to fulfill the command that we operate with ten Sviros, we add Das into the mix. So now Chachma remains that transcendent beginning, that initial burst of enthusiasm. Bina represents the descent into particularity, which is the root space of severity and differentiation for the sake of greater understanding. And then what we have access to is a concept called Das. Now Das is going to be placed right in between Chachma and Bina and the seven lower spheros of Chesed down to Malchus. So that when Kesser is lacking, what we add in its place is Das, which serves as a connection, which serves as the bridge that quite literally bridges that which is unbridgeable. Because Das allows us to take Chachma and Bina, to take those lofty realms of Moichin, of consciousness, of spiritual consciousness, wherein a person can live within the ideal realm, wherein a person can operate according to the way things are meant to be, to the ideal way that things are going, where a person can quite literally experience a realm of perfection within this world itself, Das allows that space of transcendent moichin, of Chachma and Bina, to express itself and have a relationship with the lower seven spheros of Chesed, Gvurat, Feres, Netzach, Oedisod, and Malchus. Now, for Das to be capable of bridging the gap, the unbridgeable gap that stands between the transcendent ideal and the imminent reality, we have to understand that the first three spheros, or the first two spheros, if we're not counting Kesser, are not simply representative of ideals or transcendent modes of consciousness, but according to the Kabbalah and according to Hasidus, they represent the ideal fixed state of everything. 
And not only do they represent the ontologically fixed state of everything, they represent our capacity to have access to those states of perfection. And when a person is engaged in chachma or bina, when a person is engaged in the moichin, in the modes of consciousness associated with the first two zeros, that quite literally means that if a person contemplates enough, if a person spends enough time meditating on the deep truths associated with chachma and bina, those two modalities of seeing the world, whether through a sense of general wholeness, of holistic totality, which sees everything as part and parcel of one greater gestalt or picture associated with chachma, or the ability to see within all riboy pratim, within all multiplicity and all separation within this worldliness, a picture that emerges out of all of this disparity associated with bina, those two states of meichen or consciousness are states wherein the subject, where the religious or spiritual subject, is saturated within mindfulness, is saturated within the space that what I am occupied with in my mind is quite literally the status of my reality. So that when a person is engaged in chachma or bina, a person is quite literally living in a space that is above and beyond the broken, shattered nature of this worldliness. Now, in spite of the fact that it's not apparent externally, obviously, in spite of the fact that that personal redemption, that karva anafshigi Allah, that redemption of the self in that particular moment is not expressed in the external nature of reality before the eventual full redemption, nevertheless, when a person themselves is engaged in the moichin, in chachma and bina, in whatever way they are, their internal experience is one of redemption, of redeemed time, of being within this world of brokenness, yet operating in a space of calmness of spirit, wherein we have managed to draw rays of light into the world of darkness. That's the status of the moichim. They're not just concepts. They're actual abilities that we have within ourselves to access states of calmness of spirit, where a person no longer has to be anxious, where a person can quite literally say to themselves, Hakol Khan, everything is here. A sense of fullness for the moment. And the seven lower spheros, which we're going to begin discussing next week, starting with Chesed, are not only not transcendent, not only are they imminent, but they are the space wherein distortion and distinction is born. That like we spoke about in numerous shirim, whether it was in the shir on Rav Kook by Os Zayin and Os Ches, or in the shear of constitutive trauma in the Leshem Shabbat Vachalema, or the entirety of the shirim on the series of addiction, in particular, Souls of Chaos, the seven lower spheros are representative of the realm of Shvirat HaKelim, the shattering of the vessels, this primary and primordial cataclysm that gives birth to existence in a way that is perpetually deferred from its ideal state. That when a person experiences life in the world of the seven lower spheros, every single thing that we come in contact with is not where it's meant to be. That things are muddled and mixed up and in the wrong places. And when I want one thing, I encounter the other thing. And what I want to try and access light in my life, I encounter darkness and vice versa. That the seven lower spheros are what Rabbi Nachman refers to based on the Zohar and the Tikkune Zohar as Hechale HaTemuros, the realm of transmigration, the realm of differentiation, where I expect one thing and I get the other thing. Now what that means on a psychological level is the realm of the seven spheros is our lived experience in this worldliness. That so often is the polar opposite of attentive mindfulness. And the imminency of our experience in the day-to-day of holyut, of the mundanity of the seven days of the week, 
what we're forced to encounter is the fact that in spite of the fact that God is ideal in all matters of ideality, nevertheless, that doesn't necessarily always translate into the fallen realm of experience. And that gives birth to doubt and fear and anxiety and desire and hope. And yes, it's specifically there that we have the capacity of disclosing a deeper level of light. But nevertheless, at first glance, the seven spheros, the seven imminent lower spheros from Chesed down to Malchus are darker areas within ourselves. So the question of how to bridge this transcendental realm wherein things in and of themselves can be fixed for the moment and the imminent realm of the seven lower spheros becomes a reasonable question. How on earth can there be a bridge between the two of them? And this is what Das comes to answer. Das, or knowledge, is representative of the bridge or the process through which the transcendental realms of the Moichen, of Chachm and Bina, begin to have a lived relationship with the human being's experience within the seven lower spheros of reality, in all of its brokenness and all of its shatteredness. Now, like we said before, Das is only counted as an individual sphera when Keser is no longer the origin. Das is only a sphera when we start from Chachma, because if we count from Keser all the way to Malchus and include Das, so then once again we're called to focus on that mission in Sefer Yitzhira, which says 10 and not 11. That would I count Keser and Das together, I would fall into the fallacy of counting 11 spheros. And the way that the Arizal explains this in the 23rd Gate and Eitz Chaim is as follows. That the fact that Das fills the lack that Kesser leaves in its void is not some accidental relationship, but rather it's a primary and fundamental relationship. In other words, when Kesser is active, that associates itself with the source, and we have no need to understand the connectivity between those three moichin and those lower seven zeros. The, the panemius of Keser is revealed, and in its unfathomable will, we can understand miraculously how all things are unified. But when Keser is absent, it's revealed through Das itself. That Das, the Arizal says, is the chitzonius of Keser. It's the externality of Keser. It's the actualized manifestation of Keser in a way that is palpable, that is accessible to the human being. In its panemius, in its interiority, Keser still remains the origin, that willful place where desire and pleasure dance, where all paradoxes are unified in their dance of duality, but it doesn't have such a practical application to our lives. Only when Kesser is taken out of the picture and we're forced to deal with Das, which at first glance appears to be a diminution away from the access to Kesser, do we actually realize that Das is nothing but the externalization of Kesser. In other words, our ability as human beings to engage with the spiritual potencies of what Kesser has to offer, which by dint of the fact of its deep transcendental nature and its closeness to the infinite, is so removed from us to the extent that we can't apply it to our daily lives, in its place we're gifted with this concept of das, which is referred to as chitzonius hakeser, or the externalization of keser. So that if you want to understand how this unparalleled, miraculous koyach of connectivity, of yichud, comes from, look at das, because das is the 
sum total of what Kesser means in our lives. So that when we count Das instead of Kesser, what we're talking about is the manifestation that Kesser plays for us as human beings, the role that it has in our conscious awareness of things. Because as we're going to see, Das is simply the knowledge of connection. Like the Pasuk says, Adam Yada Eschava, the Balatanya and the Arizal, and all of our Mikubalam and all of our teachers, ranging from the Arizal to the Balatanya to the Vulnagon and everybody in between, the Adam Yada Eschava, and Adam came and he understood his wife, he knew his wife, that here Das, knowledge in the biblical sense, is associated with a deep sense of connectivity, of physical, of physical connectivity. That Das, in spite of the fact that it means knowledge, also is clearly associated with physical coupling, with the ability of two disparate entities to unite together and to form a relationship that is greater than the sum of its parts. And this is the role that Das is going to play. Das allows for there to be a connection between the moichen, the transcendental realms of Chachma and Bina, and the actual lived emotional states and phenomenological moods of Chesed through Malchus. The Pasuk says, and we read it when we daven, when we pray in the liturgy at the end of Aleinu L'Shabeach, and you shall know today, the Adata, Hayom, and you shall apply it to your heart, that the role of Das is to take intellectual knowledge. Intellectuality, again, is going to be associated with that which is transcendent from the person that which is present yet absent because it's only presence at a distance removed from the daily experiences of this worldliness, the adata hayom, today you shall know, you should have knowledge, the hashevoisa elavavecha, and you should be capable of applying that knowledge to your heart itself. Meaning to say that the role that das plays is the capacity of translating the primary spiritual experience those truths that we perceive and behold in our modes of conscious awareness, in our meditative states of contemplation of the ideality of the world, as things exist in their purity prior to and above and beyond their descent into this worldly frustration and cataclysmic breaking, Das is the ability to apply those ideals and allow them to seep and drip and apply themselves to our lived experience in this world. That Das is the connection, Das is the bridge, Das is the rope of life that connects the higher and the lower. That without Das, there's a nituk. Without Das, there's separation, there's disparity, there's duality. There's two realms, transcendent and imminent. With Das, with knowledge, with awareness, what we're capable of doing is we're capable of applying those spiritual truths that we have had access to through the contemplation of Chachma and Bina, of the ideal states of things in their disparate forms, and we allow those truths to inform in a practical level how we live in the day-to-day life of this worldly frustration. That with Das, a person has the ability of drawing down those spiritual truths into day-to-day existence, drawing down from that light and forcing it into the darkness itself. And so Das becomes this keyboard, Das becomes this relationship between two disparate entities which appear to be separate in all manners of separateness, 
yet nevertheless, miraculously speaking, have this deep connectivity between one another. Now, Das, if we want to try and understand it in terms of a phenomenological experience, when we discuss all other spheros, especially from Chesed down to Malchus, what we're discussing are psychological moods, phenomenological lenses through which a person experiences reality. When I am associated with the mood of chesed, it's not simply that I am in the attitude of loving kindness and grace, but rather everything that I see is through the lens of chesed, to the point that my composure, my posture in the world, or my position in the world is one that sees the world as chesed. And so too with Gevura and Teferas, all the way down to Malchus. That these seven spheros represent moods, they represent attitude through which we can apply ourselves to the world. Whether I see myself, when I see the world through eyes of gratitude, a fullness associated with Hod, or whether I see the world through lens of connectivity associated with Yesod. Now, all of these moods are meaningless if there's a distinct separation between my conscious mind, my waking mind, my thinking self, and the lived experience of myself. If I cannot connect my moods with my conscious mind, with my deliberate thinking to experience that mood, so then that mood is simply something that happens to me and not something that I participate in. The seven midos devoid of the moichin, devoid of conscious awareness, are simply things that happen in the day-to-day to the point that I can experience all different iterations of all of the seven lower spheros throughout my day without any true awareness of what's happening. That yes, the spirituality and the truth of my conscious awareness is present, yet it doesn't register in any meaningful way. Only when I connect it with Das, only when my moods, my psychological experiences are associated with that deep embodied knowledge that allows for there to be a deep connection between two apparently disparate entities, do I begin to fully be present to the moods that I experience, the moods through which I see the world, the clothing and the garments that I choose to wear when engaging in the world. And for this reason, Das can truly be described as the psychological posturing of attention, Something that Walter Benjamin, quoting Franz Kafka, quoting Malbrook, referred to as the natural prayer of the soul. That attentiveness, that bare attention, is the ability for us to become deeply connected with the moods through which we experience reality. Without attention, all of those differentiated moods will still be present, yet they will be meaningless to us because there's no connectivity between the head and the heart. Only when I'm capable of paying attention, bear attention to the truth of my emotions, am I capable of experiencing them in a fully expressed way? Now, to be honest, when it comes to this concept of attentive mindfulness, thankfully this year there was a book that came out by Dr. Benji Epstein referred to as Living in the Presence. And I'm not quick to recommend books, but Benji Epstein's book on Living in the Presence is one of the first expositions on the practices of mindfulness as rooted in cognitive therapy as well as Eastern spiritual thought that allows for our own sources, the sources within our tradition, within Hasidus and Misnagdus and Kabbalah and Tanakh itself, 
to utilize our sources to disclose and show this power of Das. So when it comes to Das and attention, I do, I highly recommend reading the book Living in the Presence in the sense that it's a full exposition, a full meditation on what it means to live with that bare attention. To allow for my attention to create a connectivity between those ideal states of myself, the way I want things to be, the way I hope things to be, the way I imagine things to be, and the way things actually are. That through Das, we have the ability to not live in this tornness, in this broken experience, which operates according to a true self in its ideal forms, which remains removed from what we experience, and a real self, which is stuck within the trenches of day-to-day life. It's specifically Das that has the ability to bridge the two. Because only when I learn to pay attention to what is happening to me at the present moment, only when I learn to acquire that which is in front of me, to fully invest in that which is present at the present moment. As Rabbi Nachman would say, to the aspect that is appropriately associated with the person's heart at that particular moment, it's only through Das that I have the capacity of paying attention enough so that my moods now have the capacity of being mindfully present to me. Without Das, there's Nituk. Without Das, there's separation. Without Das, there's death. Without Das, there's no connection between what I think and what I feel. It's only through the bridge of Das, it's only through that knowledge, that embodied knowledge that says, here is how you apply these attitudes in your life. Here is how you take these supernal truths and to be present within them. That is the Koyach of Das. And that can only come through the Koyach of Keser, which animates Das. Because in truth, this impossible connection between two apparently separate entities of spirituality and physicality, of Shemayim and of Aretz, should be impossible. But yet there's a Das Hamaflia, there's a wondrous Das which draws its strength from Keser, from that infinite wonder of God's ability to unify opposites that gives me the ability of being Bahashi Voisa El of applying Das to my heart, of taking my spiritual truths, those truths that my neshama, my ideal self was capable of expressing and disclosing and applying them to the day-to-day experiences of this worldliness and all of its darkness. Now, Das is capable of playing many significant roles, which as we're going to see, are going to be deeply associated with this concept of connectivity. That Chazal tell us when asking where to be Mavdil Shabbos, when it comes to ending Shabbos, which bracha in the liturgy, in the 18 benedictions of Shemona Esrei, the main meditative form that the Anche Knesset Sagadola, the men of the Great Assembly, prepared and brought down in liturgical form for people to pray and meditate on, where are we meant to commemorate or affirm the fact that there is a separation in temporality? That on the one hand, Shabbos represents redeemed time, a time where redemption is apparent at every waking breath, a time where a person is forced to live the ideal in spite of the real, where in spite of the fact that the world outside of me appears to remain in its broken state, deeply within the soul, a person abides with the faith that the world is mitukan at that moment, that on Shabbos things are fixed, that it's a me'ayin o'ilam haba, it's a taste, almost a, a resemblance, if you will, a simulation of la'asid lavo, of that which will be revealed in the future, and yimos hachol, which represent the mundanity of broken reality in the seven fallen days of the week. 
how are we to know how to distinguish between the two of them? And again, havdalah and distinction implies that there's also the capacity of connection. So Chazal tell us that the time to bring this up, the time to meditate on what it means to connect and disconnect from Shabbos and Yantif is in the bracha of Atachon Adam Das, that you, God, bestow upon the person through your grace the ability to have knowledge. And the reason for this, according to Chazal, according to Gemara, according to the Talmud and Masechus Brachos, is im'ein das havdalaminaya. Without knowledge, without this das, how in the world would there ever be a healthy concept of separation? Now, herein lies one of the secrets of das. That das is not only the capacity to connect disparate entities of viyada adam ashava, that adam nu chava, that masculinity and femininity both can join as one in spite of their apparent differences that abide within every aspect of themselves. Das is also going to be associated with proper distinctions. And it's very simple. If I am not attentive, if I am not allowing my mind to pay bare attention, to be focused on that which is present in the moment, to be truly engaged in that which is in front of me, to the point that is applicable to my heart at that moment, if I am incapable of being present to myself, then I am incapable of truly connecting to something. Everything that happens is a scatteredness, an attention deficit, an inability to pay attention, that everything that arises in my mind becomes a warring thing that tries to garner my attention or garner my attention causing me to be scattered without any attentiveness whatsoever. It's only when I pay attention properly to things and I can cultivate a deep relationship with the true nature of something, it's only then that I'm capable of knowing what I can separate myself from and what I need to connect to. Without a proper awareness of connectivity, there's no sense of separation. There's no need for me to separate from anything because I have no relationship with anything. It's only through Das, it's only once my relationships and my associations with things become meaningful in a way that they speak to me on a more than external level, it's only then that I need to learn the wisdom of, of separation, to know what is what and what is not, to know what this is and to know what that is, and to be blessed with the wisdom to know the difference between the two of them. That das is the serene awareness, the ability for me to apply attention to that which is present in my life and to choose to deliberately choose through my own volitional knowledge, not because of some externalization of life just happening to me or natural settings or natural schemas of my thought, but to actually be bocher, to choose to think of something in a particular way and to develop a relationship. That is the koyach of das. So to know the secret of connectivity is to also know the secret of separation. And Das bridges the gap because it's this dialectical dance between connectivity and that which is unbridgeable. That Das needs to have both sides. It has to have the ability to connect and it also has the ability to separate. Now, Das, on a further level, is our ability to connect the different processes of our minds. Without das, there would be no interconnection, there would be no relationship between the different modalities of thinking and the emotional states that we find ourselves in. And this is what the Pasuk in Mishle says when it says, Bidas Khadarav Gimla'u. With knowledge, 
your rooms, your architectural spaces within yourself, those potential spaces within a person's life are filled. But like we said, the Moichin, Chachma and Bina are states of Shleimus. They're states of apparent fullness. They're states where I have what I need at the particular moment. I have the conscious awareness or the meditative awareness of the fact that God runs the world and that there's order to the world and that there's meaning in the world and that there's significance in the world and that there's good in the world and that there's light in the world and that in spite of the deferred fact that this light cannot be revealed in the world, yes, it still exists in an ideal level that I still have access to. And yes, in spite of the fact that this experience in this world does not necessarily speak to that light, through Das, we have the ability of transmitting that Chachma, that Bina, that knowledge, that lived experience of God's presence in the world and fullness in ourselves, and applying it to the darker regions within ourselves. Without Das, a person is torn in two. Without Das, a person is a duplicity of the self. A person is a split personality. A person is a divided self, as R.D. Ling would say. That there's quite literally two separate entities operating at once within the individual. There's a splitness, there's a tornness. And not a tornness that speaks to the romantic ideals of desire and dancing with desire, but rather a tornness that speaks to a bipolarity, a separation of one entity that has no relationship with another entity. It's only with Das, it's only with the bare attention and the knowledge that I pay to things. The ability to abide within the present moment with that which is present in front of me, it's only there that I have the capacity to fill my chadarav, to fill my rooms. Only when I pay enough attention to myself and to my emotions and I begin to witness things properly, only then can I create that fullness of the self. Without das, there are rooms of the self, there are moods of the self which remain empty, which remain vacant, which remain unexperienced because I have no ability to penetrate deeply into that space within myself. It's only with das and bare attention and non-judgmental awareness and radical acceptance of things that I have the capacity of filling those rooms. Without das, those chadarim are still there, those rooms are still there, yet they're empty and that emptiness begins to be felt in this world and that emptiness creates craving and that emptiness creates desire and that emptiness creates scatteredness and pain and, and anxiety and sadness. But with das, with bare attention, I have the ability to fill those rooms. I have the ability to draw down from the supernal realms of spirituality, which are associated with Chachma and Bina, and even Keser in an unconscious way, and applying them to my life, and actually allowing them to penetrate deeply into my lived experience. So that Das becomes this thing that allows me to experience the truths and the blessings and the gifts of what it means to be an idealized spiritual creature who has an awareness of what it means for things to be ideal and not to live in frustration necessarily between the lack of relationship between the ideal and the real, but rather to live with a certain level of fullness that tells me that in spite of the apparent infinite difference between the ideal and the real, there is still a relationship. The Adata Hayom that I will know today and I will return it to my heart. That Das is my ability to connect that which is separate. And like we said, before we connect that which was separate, we have to have an abiding awareness of the separateness between things. 
that unless I understand the differentiation between the ideal realms of Chachma and Bina and the real realms of Chesed through Malchus, without an understanding of the rich difference that separates the two of them, I cannot truly begin to appreciate the connectivity that emerges through Das. Now, like we said last week on the sphere of Bina, our Mikubalim, in particular the Shari Oira, of Yosef Gektali, and it's expressed later on through the Ramak and the Arizal as well, all the way down to Hasidus and the Dilmagon and his students' treatment of Kabbalah, and even in Rabbi Yisrael Salanter and his Hasidim's treatment of Kabbalah, that each Sphira has its own name. And we said that the name of Bina was the name of Havaya, the Tetragrammaton, which is associated with grace and chesed. Yet, with the Nekudos, with the valorization of Eloikim, which is Gevura, which was symbolizing the fact that Bina is the source of eventual Dinim, that Gevuros and severity emerge from within the womb of Bina, in spite of the fact that Bina continues to remain existing in its supernal purity, so too we have a significant name associated with the Sira of Das. That when we don't count the Sira of Keser and we count the Sira of Das, the name associated with the Sira of Das is going to be the letters Aleph, Hey, Vav, Hey. Now it's not a name that is expressed in Tanakh, but nevertheless it's a name expressed by the Mikubalim of Aleph, K, Vav, K. And this name, we're told, which is the Gushpanka de Malka, the stamp of the king, a stamp or the seal of the king. Again, the seal is something that is going to connect something outside and something inside. The sealing of a letter that allows me, the sender of the letter, to show that I have a deep relationship with that which is being sent in the letter. This stamp of the king, this stamp of God, so to say, is going to be associated with the name of Das, which is Aleph K Vav K. Now, Aleph K Vav K, for our purposes, what it represents is the Roshe Tevos, the acronym of the Pasuk, Es HaShemayim Ve'es Ha'aretz. What we see in the first Pasuk of Bereshis Bar Eloikim, in the beginning God created the world, Es HaShemayim Ve'es Ha'aretz, the heavens and the earth. That Es HaShemayim Ve'es Ha'aretz, those last four words of the first verse in Tanakh, describe for us this shame associated with Das, this Gushpanka Demalka, this seal of the king. Es HaShemayim Ve'es Ha'aretz is this abiding reality, which is what we've been speaking about until now. The ability to unify and to connect to the heavens and the earth. The ability to allow for there to be a relationship through our bare attention of that which takes place within the supernal realms of our mind, in the ideal states of reality. And the aretz, which is what takes place within our bodies and our experiences and our psychological livedness within this worldliness that the connectivity between the two of them is only possible through Das, of Es HaShemayim Ve'es Ha'aretz, that the Tachlis of Das, the purpose of Das is to come to a place where we recognize that that which is above and that which is below, that which is transcendent and that which is imminent, that which is removed and that which is present, that which is light and that which is darkness, are in spite of the fact that they appear to be disparate, in truth deeply unified in a unification that cannot be separated. Now, the Baal Shem Tov and the Mikubalim point out that this name, Aleph K, Vav K, of Es HaShemayim Ve'es has the numerical value of 17, which is associated with Tov, with goodness. That goodness in its truest sense, when God looks at the world and he sees that it was good and that it was very good, only emerges once there's a reality that can connect 
the supernal and the reality, between the dark and the light, between the elevated and the degraded, between the good and the bad. It's only when va'adam yada eschava, when the two oppositional trends in our experience show themselves to be unified in their core, that's where goodness comes from. That unified goodness, that tov ma'od, that very good only takes place when we see that there's a human being who lives in the world and lives with all of their separation and distinction and distortion, yet they're quite capable of drawing down the truths of spirituality. That this bare awareness, this attentiveness of das, is not a sira in its own self in the typical counting, but rather it is the life that animates all of the siras. It is the attentional attitude, is the bare attention, the purest form of prayer of the soul which allows us to connect that which is high and that which is low, that which is above and that which is below. Now, we said that Das is the externalization of Keser, that Das is how we experience Keser in a lived, embodied state. Because like we said, Keser is a Pella, Keser is a wonder. Keser is this deep awareness that in spite of the fact that things are opposite, they have the ability to be connected to one another in a true form, not simply in an external or accidental connectivity, but in the central and deep abiding awareness of connection, almost to say as if they're, they're one and the same, Das comes and reveals to us the nature of Keser. Das comes and shows us how this Koyach HaMaflia, how this wondrous capacity for there to be a connection between pure opposites can actually take place in our lives. Rav Wolbe, Rav Shlomo Wolbe, wrote an entire kuntras called Pirke Kinyan Hadas which is a, a profound place to start off to understand the nature and the role of Das. And he quotes something beautiful in the name of his Rebbe, Rav Yitzchak Kutner. Rav Wolbe was known to always ensure that he had a Rebbe. But there was never a time where Rav Wolbe didn't have a Rebbe. And even when his Rebbe, Rav Kutner, died, he appointed his son-in-law, Rav Yonas and David, at his Rebbe, as is clear from Rav Yonas and David's Haskama to his Sefer, the Seva Mitzvah Sashkulios, that Rav Wolbe was never willing to abide or operate as a spiritual guide, without having an apparent guide or, uh, or a Rebbe. So Rav, Rav Wolbe quotes the name of his Rebbe, and this is something that is probably found in Pachad Yitzhak as well, but it's explicit specifically in the writing of Rav Shlomo Wolbe. He says that this ability of das, of knowledge to connect two disparate entities, is not a bidi meaning to say it's not some secondary role of connection that comes and says, okay, I have light and I have darkness, I have good and I have bad, I have transcendence and I have eminency, I have moichen or consciousness and midos, emotional states, and they need to be connected and therefore I must create a bridge to connect these two apparently disparate objects. That's not the role of Das. Das is not coming to connect two things that are truly separate, but rather Revolba says is that Das is ideal, that Das doesn't come to say that these two things can in truth be connected, but Das comes to show us that in truth, in their ontological reality, these two things have always already been connected. That in truth, Shemayim and Aretz are deeply unified. That Moichen and Midos are deeply unified. That the real and the ideal are deeply unified. But because of our lack of awareness, or our scatteredness, or our lack of mindfulness, or what happened at the Eitzah Das, which was that we lost our Das, and like Rabbi Nachman says that all Gullus and all Chisaron and all pain comes only from a lack of das. It's only by dint of the fact that we've lost sight of the abiding connection between things that we suffer. But in its ideal level, Rav Wolba says in the name of Rav Hutner and Rav, Rabbi Nachman writes this in a thousand places. A thousand places. Rabbi Nachman's entire teachings are coming to teach about das. 
So there are countless numbers of teachings in the Kutamaran that start off with Da, with Dalid Ayin, Da, know this. And Sadiqim say that when Rabbi Nachman starts off a teaching with Da, it means that a person through this teaching has access to Keser. That a person without Das is nothing, but with Das it's everything. That Das is the connectivity that allows me to find within each and every particularization, within every moment, the attentiveness which allows me to be fully present in all realms of spirituality. That Das is the key, Das is the linchpin, Das is that ideal connectivity that's rooted in Keser. That the ideal of Das is to come to a place of Tachlis Hayadiyah Shalonida, to get to a place where our attention is so thick and our attention is so present that we no longer have to even be actively aware, which is what the Lubavitcher Rebbe would mean when he said that based on the Maimar Chazal that Mashiach only comes behesach hadas, that Mashiach can only come with an abandonment of Das. What that means is that an abandonment of Das is only when Das is so entrenched and embodied within me, when my attention is so bare and present that I don't need to actively pay attention. That the ideal is to reach a place of attentiveness where I don't have to actively pay attention because my bare awareness is prepared to witness that which is in front of me. To witness non-judgmentally, to judge favorably, like Rabbi Nachman teaches us in the 282nd teaching of Lukute Maharan, Reish Pei Beis. And this ability to witness and be attentive to that which is in front of me for the sake of connecting to it is deeply associated with Das. That Das is the same letters as Eidos, as testimony. It's what we say when we say Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, that Eidos, that testimony that we give to the unity of things. That when we associate with Das, we're saying Esa Shemaim Esa Aretz. Yes, in truth, Shemaim and Aretz are connected between one another. That Chachma and Bina, the transcendental realms of the Sphiros in their idealized conscious states, have a real applicable knowledge to our lived experience in this worldliness. And Be'ezrus Hashem, now with this understanding of Das, we will be capable of understanding how we now access properly into the seven lower spheros of Chesed Rimalchus, and we can live within that space of shatteredness and the seven lower emotional traits that we have, and those phenomenological moves through which we see the world, and we can live them not in a state of alienation, but rather in a state of mindful connection and awareness.